Following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Patakaswami Maharaj on June 17, 1980 in Nepal. The class begins with a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, 2nd Canto, Chapter 5, Verse 19. how the three modes of nature manifesting as matter, knowledge, and activity conditions the living entity, putting the living entity under the laws of cause and effect, making the living entity responsible for every activity he performs. People wonder, how is it that they are forced to suffer even though they don't want to? If they don't wonder why they are forced to suffer, they should wonder. And this is the answer, is that everyone is responsible for the activities they perform in this material world. This is due to the action of the three modes of material nature. In a family, sometimes it is seen that one brother is born healthy and another brother is born deformed. Sometimes people criticize that why a baby shall be born deformed, what sin has the baby committed to be born deformed? Of course, the answer is that baby may not have committed any sin in this life, but carrying over from the previous life, there are so many reactions. There was one baby crawling and some devotee said to, to the Prabhupada that how nice is that baby, uh, so innocent. And Prabhupada said, yes, uh, innocent until she grows and develops sex desire. Then everything is spoiled. Children are innocent because they don't have sex desire. This material world means 
The basic moving force is karma, lust. So children, they appear to be so innocent because they are not so much filled with lust. But as they grow and their bodies develop and the natural conditioning of lust in this material world manifests, then all kind of bad natures become more prominent. The all-defiring enemy in this material world, Kāmatesha Kaudesha, Rājot Guna Samudbhava, Mahasano Mahapapma, the Vajrinam, the enemy. The greatest sin, the great enemy of the living entity is lust, which covers the real knowledge. Why does a living entity get put into these three gunas? Why does he get involved in this cause and effect? How it is happening, that is described. You won't find this in any scripture of the world, how the living entity is conditioned from his pure state. But you are finding in the Vedas here in Srimad Bhagavatam. But how, why this is happening? This is due to lust. Because the living entity wants to enjoy rather than want to be enjoyed. He wants to lord rather than serve. Therefore, due to this lust, which manifests as sex desire specifically, living entity is forced to take birth after birth after birth. Brahmayam, Sarvabhutani, wandering in this material world, So many births, birth after birth. So, it is not possible simply to shut off the lust. It is not possible to just suddenly stop desiring. We cannot all of a sudden become a stone, that from this moment I will become a stone and stop feeling, thinking, and willing. It is not possible. Therefore, at the same time, we are forced to suffer. Because so long as we maintain this lusty attitude, so what is the cure? What is the solution? Uh, the solution is that we have to develop a higher taste. We have to develop a higher taste. As for one who is meditating upon the sense objects while practicing austerity, that person is a pretender. So Arjuna would ask Krishna that how to control this lust. 
Even we don't want to, it's coming. Of course, then Krishna admitted that, yes, so long as we have a body, this lusty desires of different forms due to the contact with the senses and the sense objects will come. Agama by no nityas tamsatik sashwa bharata. Tatik sava means to tolerate. We must tolerate. Sometimes we'll be attacked by the desire to enjoy sense gratification. So there has to be some tolerance. There's no absolute immediate cure that suddenly just by one thing all the accumulated desires for millions of births will be ended. One has to tolerate. And simultaneously one has to cultivate higher taste. That cultivation of higher taste comes from chanting comes from association, comes from remembering, comes from developing higher taste. The higher taste is developed automatically as we cleanse the dirt from our heart. If someone says that, no, I have no attraction to chanting, I have no desire to chant. What should I do? You should chant. That person should chant because his heart has become covered. The heart has become covered by dirt. And simply if the dirt gets cleansed away, then automatically you'll get a taste for chanting. The heart is like a mirror, a mirror covered with dust. So, the consciousness is cleansed by chanting. Hare Krishna Nama Sankirtana. Congregational chanting of Hare Krishna, chanting of Japa Hare Krishna. Someone who chants, he automatically develops a spontaneous attraction to Krishna, because that is our natural condition to be attracted to Krishna. Artificially, we see how Maya has imposed her conditioning upon us. Because we have desired to be separate from Krishna. That the three gunas to adhyatmic, adhibotic, adhidoivic effect cover the conditioned soul, giving knowledge, matter, and activities. These binding one into the law of cause and effect, making one responsible for every activity which is performed. And this way one becomes completely uh, bound and feels that by my own activity I am gaining my fruit and so becomes very attached to the fruits of the activity. Not knowing that those fruits do not belong to the conditioned soul. 
Who do the fruits belong to? The fruits belong to Krishna. That is why it's a Jagatat Karmana Nyatra Loko Yang Karma Bandhana. That work which is not done as a sacrifice is the cause of bondage for the people in this world. Talatan Karmana Tadatam Karma Kanteya Mukta Sangha Samachara. But work which is done to please Krishna, that work frees one from material bondage, frees one from material attachment. That is a wonderful thing. So in this world today, where is the program for training people to do Yagartha Karmana, to do work as a sacrifice for Krishna? Yagya means Krishna. Yagya by Vishnu. Yagya means to please Krishna. Sacrifice means to please the Supreme Godhead. There's no question of sacrifice for any other purpose. That is not sacrifice. That is simply kashto, trouble. One may go to university and stay up long nights to study to get degree, so he can get jobs, so he can enjoy his senses in a better way, a better way of life. That is not a tapasya, that is not a jagya. That is simply kashna, trouble. Because it is for sense gratification. Yagya means has a higher goal, a spiritual goal. So in this world, we are living in. Where is the training to perform sacrifice for Vishnu? People are trained to sacrifice for themselves, for their own future interest. They're trained to sacrifice for their family. They're trained to sacrifice for their society. They're trained to sacrifice for their community and their race. And they're trained to sacrifice for their nation. And even to some extent for humanity. But where is the training to sacrifice for all living entities, for the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna? Where is that training? So as a result, person is trained that he should uh, sacrifice but it's not a real sacrifice. That means he's trained to accept trouble for the material consideration or designation, upadi. Just like in Assam, for the Assamis, they're giving the Nepalis so much trouble. So many Nepalis had to leave Assam. There was no difficulty between Assamis and Nepalis. They're living happily. But some politicians are telling them that, no, you Assamis, there are so many foreigners here. Even people are born there for generations, Nepali people. But politicians saying, no, no, you drive everybody out, otherwise politically you'll be weakened. So to get some political <coughs> position, these leaders have inspired the people and they're going and 
So many Nepalis have to leave Assam. For what? So, <coughs> there we see that one person, he's trained, you should love Assam. Jai Ayaham. Glory to Mother Assam. That's what they write on every bus. This is natural. They're being trained like that in the schools. The one person being trained, you should love Bengali. One, you should love Nepali. You should love China. Whatever their race may be. So then what happens is clash. There's no peace from that. There's more clash. Because to love one's own race means to hate other races. When that other race will have some conflict of interest. Similarly, they have here Indian nation, then there's Chinese nation, Pakistan nation, Russian nation, American nation, French nation. America wanted all the countries to boycott Russian Olympics. Some boycotted, some don't boycott. In this way, there are so many, because of all the different national interests, they have to consider. So although there's united nations, where is the unity? Because everybody has their own interests. So where is the question of common interest? Only common interest is each nation is personal interest they're looking out for. Where is the question of common interest? What is the common denominator? So all these things, in the name of peace, in the name of prosperity, create further conflict. One nation will naturally have conflict with another nation when their sense gratification is conflicting. What is good for one place will not be good for another place. Why should one place sacrifice the position? So therefore there's trouble. All the time, cold war, hot war, boycott, diplomacy in the world today. Because there's no training to sacrifice for Vishnu. Instead they're giving this so-called sacrifice for so many materialistic interests. And even someone said, no, we should help humanity. But what is this humanity? We are trying to help humanity and then we are killing the cow, killing the goat, killing the chickens. For helping humanity they are putting so much industrial waste in the ocean that all the fish and all are dying and eventually the humans are also dying. So how we can isolatedly see that all oh, humanity? What about the other creatures? According to Vedas, the animals are like the younger brother of the human being. What type of civilized person is that if he will kill his younger brother and eat? It is barbaric. But that is the world standard. You speak humanitarianism and you kill all animals and eat. The animals also have a right to live. 
And so for killing the animal, there must be war in human society. Do you know how many animals in one year are killed and only America? As many as there are humans in the world's population, are animals killed in one year in the United States alone? Four billion animals per year are slaughtered. Four billion. That means, four billion means about 400 crore. Or about, you can say, 40,000 lakhs animals yearly killed. And only in the United States. And Russia, they kill more. Because they don't even grow vegetables hardly. So, <coughs> difficulty is there. But when so many animals are dying against their free will, for nothing, is saying that in Asia the human is eating about one-fifth to one-tenth the amount of people in the Western countries. That means there's so much waste is there. Simply for stooling, what is the need for eating so much? So for satisfying the tongue, so many animals are being killed, that pollutes the ether. The akash becomes polluted by that pop, by that <coughs> sinful reaction for murdering so many animals. Why does the Bible say, thou shalt not kill? But all the Christians are killing. So the result is that the akash becomes polluted. Just like the Vedas say that in a court, when the judge, the Hakim, and the advocate, the Ukhil, when the two people are speaking lies, that pollutes the atmosphere. Because judge means he's supposed to be saying the truth. The advocate is supposed to be representing the truth. When both people lie, after swearing an oath before God, that pollutes the atmosphere and creates epidemic, creates plague and cancer and different type of disease. Where did disease come from? Hundred years ago was there cancer? Now everyone is worried cancer. Where did it come from? It comes from all these activities which pollute the atmosphere on the subtle plane. This ether is all pervading. You see, if that gets polluted, then all the initial elements on the grosser level, they become polluted. So because people are not being trained to perform sacrifice for Vishnu, because they are thinking of all these material interests, which are creating so much conflict, so therefore they're lying, they're cheating, they're murdering, they're doing anything for that interest. Thinking that this is all right. Forgetting God's law. Forgetting God's interest. Krishna's interest. So this pollutes the atmosphere, creates war, creates disease, creates earthquake, creates volcanoes, creates all type of distress for people. And all the planning commissions in the world cannot solve this problem. 
all the United Nations, all the Samaj conferences cannot solve this problem. Because the cause is subtle. The cause is the unregulated, sinful, vicious activities of the human beings. And they cannot simply stop. They have to get a training. They have to get a change of heart. Then only they can change. Going blind. They can't stop drinking. You pass a law, so they're buying bad, bad booze, bad alcohol. People are selling the worst thing as uh, alcohol, and they're drinking. So simply by passing a law, no more drinking. How will they do? They won't finance. They'll spend millions and crores of rupees to enforce the law by arresting but they won't spend one paisa to train the people how to be God conscious or automatically they'll stop drinking this is the nonsense They have spent so much money for prevention and for cure, but nothing for cure. Simply put into the jail. So there's no change. So this Krishna conscious movement is meant to bring a change of heart. All these problems in society can be solved if the people are purified. From their lusty propensity, which becomes uncontrolled if it's not purified by Jagya Vai Vishnu, by performing work for the satisfaction of Krishna. The leaders of the world, they should wake up and understand this is of prime importance. The duty of every leader is to engage his people in sacrifice for Vishnu. By performing the sacrifice, you see the atmosphere becomes purified. That means the disease becomes reduced. That means the propensity to, of quarrel, of dissent, is reduced. It means that the natural happiness of the living entity, his quality of goodness and purity become increased. All the evil qualities of Kali are destroyed. Sukadev Goswami went on like this, describing all the bad qualities of Kali. How the people's no good fortune, no memory, no proper duration of life, always quarreling. Hastiyakamahanguna. But there's only one good quality. One exceptional, wonderful quality in this Kali Yuga. Kirtana Deva Krishna Sya Mukta Sangha Parang Vajet There is Krishna Kirtana Because in this Kali Yuga 
Otherwise, completely unqualified people, if they simply take shelter of Krishna Kirtana, Mukta Sangha, they become freed and everyone in contact with them becomes freed from this reaction of karma. No one can help another person if he's bound up within the laws of karma. Because he is not free to help anyone. He is not free to act independently. He can only create a disturbance because he's governed by the stringent laws of karma. But by chanting Krishna's name, one is freed from that. Sangha, Guna Sangha, Parangbajat, and ultimately reaches the supreme goal, the supreme personality of Godhead, Dhamma. Harya Nama, Harya Nama, Harya Namaiva, Kevalam, Kalova, Nasteva, 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 Gathyam, Yatha. Chanting the holy name, chanting the holy name, chanting the holy name is the only way in this age of Kali, the only way, the only way, the only way. There's no other way, no other way, no other way. Nasteva. Nasteva, Nasteva, Gotir Anyatha. No other way. This is not our version. This is not that now we are saying because we are fanatics and we are simply trying to push, you see, an idea because we are infatuated with this idea. We are presenting Krishna's words. It's a scientific fact. If you go into the drugstore and say, give me medicine. You say, what's your disease? No, no, give me medicine. A man can't be cured. You have to say, what is your disease? There may be so many practices, so many principles of religion. But in this fallen age, you see, the practices of meditation, practices of austerity, practices of simply studying the scriptures or puja, worshipping the deities alone, does not have the potency. You see, just like someone who may have such an infection, that he has to get a huge dose. So it describes Narada Pancharachak. The Narada Pancharachak describes that all the Vedic mantras which are filled with all the potency of God, of Krishna, they have all been combined, they have been compressed, they have been compact and concentrated within the eight words of Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. In those eight names, all the potency has been put. Nam Nam Shakti. And in this Kali Yuga, Krishna is so kind by Lord Chaitanya's mercy that there is no strict rule and regulation when to chant, how to chant. Even one is physically dirty or clean. In an impure state, so-called pure state, whatever he may be in. Whether on the road, or whether in the bathroom, any place one can chant. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So nowadays people are analytical minded. They want to understand the thing. It's not necessary. One can simply chant without understanding anything. If you put your hand in fire, 
you get burnt. If you chant Hare Krishna, there will be an effect. <coughs> if someone is courageous, if he's actually brave, if and a person is not a coward and a hypocrite, then where is the problem in trying to chant? As an experiment, if nothing else. As a verification. As a pioneer activity. To see what is the result. Someone who is not prepared to chant should be considered not to be broad-minded. Having so many traditions, <coughs> conditioned by so many designations, what do we care what people think? If this is the best thing for me, why not try it? So it's mentioned that this Mahoshuti, that this is the medicine, you see, in this Kali Yuga. In the Upanishads, it states, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. It is to succumb Nam Nam. These sixteen names, Kali Kalamashanasanam, destroy all of the bad qualities of this Kali Yuga. Matapalata Upai, there is no other alternative. This is the verdict of all the scriptures. To every smoker is directing one in the same direction. So where is the doubt about the importance of chanting in this Kali Yuga? All of the schemes are simply doomed if they do not include, include sacrifice for Vishnu, sacrifice for the Supreme Godhead, and the sacrifice authorized in this Kali Yuga, Yagai Sankirtana prayer is Sankirtan. That is the Yuga Jagga, the sacrifice for the age. Easily performed, simply singing and dancing and taking Krishna Prasad. Where is the difficulty? Who doesn't like to do these things? So because people are so analytically minded, so many books have been given, so many literatures have been provided, they can read, they can understand, they can explain to others. And if they get convinced by reading, they can take the cure which is chanting. Chanting goes beyond the mind. If one reads without chanting, he may mentally understand. But by chanting, that will actually penetrate to the heart. And one will get the actual vision of Krishna's mercy. So this is the special gift of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Lord Chaitanya has come down with associates, Nityananda, Advaita Sitanas, and others, countless devotees, to distribute this mercy. But some people are so expert in avoiding taking the mercy. So for them also we have to, by hook or by crook, get them to chant Hare Krishna. Once they engage in Krishna's service, you see, then they will benefit so much, they will be so grateful once they can appreciate. 
Krishna. So just like sometimes a child is forced to feed medicine, they don't like to take it. But mother has to give, so he puts some sugar coating. Here you take one sandesh. Oh yes, you say you take a pill. No, no, they'll fight and kick and spit. No, no, you take one sandesh. Inside you put the pill, you take here. So like that, it's been given to sugar coated. The medicine is there, but no one can see what, where is the medicine. It's simply chanting, dancing, and taking prashad. But within there, you see there's medicine. So especially the Indian people, they know that within Harinam there's some medicine. Even if it appears to be great fun. They know that my mother, my grandmother has told me that there is some dharma there, religion. That means medicine. So I don't have time for medicine. The Western people, you see, they are completely tricked. When they came and said, this is yoga, you just dance and sing and you take a big feast. So they are enjoying and then before they know it, they're completely in love with Krishna. Lord, forget you, all their attachments, you see. Now how to get the uh, Indian people to chant? They already know, no, no, this medicine. No, no, this is fun, it's chanting, you take peace. No, no, chanting means dharma, that means medicine. I won't take anything but that. Not chanting, you see. There are some diehards like that. So therefore we have to outsmart them. We have to make chanting more attractive to them. So that they'll chant. And once they chant, little bit, then they can understand, yes. Actually this is not medicine in that way. It is nectar. It is omit. Alexa. It is a painless medicine. You see. But they've been brainwashed to think that dharma means medicine is bad thing. So don't take it. No matter what they tell you, whatever you do, don't do any dharma. Unless it is exclusively with a specific material purpose. You can do dharma if you go to the god and pray, cure my baby boy suffering from some illness, give me some money, make my house. If it's specifically for some immediate material benefit, then you can do dharma. Otherwise, don't do any dharma. Either it has to be for material immediate benefit or you have to merge and become God. For any other reason, don't perform. So even if they have immediate desire, even if they want to become liberated, even then, Krishna says, Sahavakami, Mokshakami, even then, if they're sadhukami, they want all type of material things. Or if they're akami, they have no desire. Or if they want liberation. Whatever their status, they should perform bhakti yoga for the supreme person. Pleasure. Then they'll get their desired result. So, there's no need to take shelter of any other process than chanting Krishna's name. Performing one's duty as an offering to Krishna. Purified by chanting his name. 
under the direction of bona fide spiritual master. This is a process for the aging. And so to educate the people, we're distributing books, transcendental literature, we're holding festivals, we're trying to attract the people to inquire, to participate. They like it. They have a natural attraction in India. Uh, only the educated people are now a little bit tough nuts. But naturally all the Indian people love this. The Nepali people love these things. It's only the educated youth now that are giving so many excuses because they have been trained in a British way, in the Western way, in these school systems. That religion is opiate of the people. Religion is no good. And this way they've been educated. So therefore, <coughs> they can also be reached. Uh, but for that we need Krishna's mercy. We need Lord Chaitanya's mercy. Then they can be reached. Even Lord Chaitanya, he had trouble with his school, college boys. He took sannyas because of the students. Students become very proud of their education, and so it's hard to penetrate their skull. They fill their brain with so many useless knowledge, and that makes a hard shell to penetrate. So even Lord Chaitanya had difficulty. So they took sannyas, and this way he was finally able to also bring them under his mercy. So it can be done by Chaitanya and Nityananda's mercy. So Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya, they have come here to Kathmandu Valley. They are being worshipped nicely. Uh, they've come here to distribute their mercy to everyone, young and old, uh, Balak, Juvak, Biddu, to the men, to the women, to the babies, to the students, to the ignorant, to everyone. Now we have to become their instruments to distribute that mercy. We have to become transparent by our medium, understanding their desire and simply performing on their behalf through the Guru Parampara. Then you can see that there will be a massive transformation. Just like in the hills, sometimes there's avalanche. Expedition is going up to Mount Everest and suddenly a little snow starts to turn and this creates a ball and the ball is rolling down and as it's going it's getting bigger and bigger and finally it becomes the whole side of the mountain crashes down. You see. And whole expedition is submerged within the snow. So just like that avalanche is from a small beginning, comes a huge landslide, snow slide, avalanche. In the same way, with a small humble beginning, we're simply chanting Hare Krishna. But if we are truly surrendered to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda through the Guru Parampara, then we become empowered and the small humble beginning has ultimate unlimited results. Like an avalanche, everyone is swept away. Thank you very much.